in the basketball term beat mm-hmm. up not physically but <laughs> um yeah. you know if you were to give them you know two or three words of advice what would that be during those times man just to stay with it um me growing up obviously with my brothers and my sister they beat on me a lot not obviously <laughs> but on the court and just continue to be relentless keep going at them i mean failure in basketball i don't think it's considered failure just because you get blocked or things aren't going your way. It's just a learning, a learning time to learn, a lesson to learn and a stepping stool to get better and just become that, that next, uh, get to that next level that you need to be at. So I don't think it's failure. Just continue to work, continue to obviously go and attack this. Like, I don't want to say like no other, cause it's just basketball, but just continue to attack it and don't stop. I mean, eventually you're going to get to where you want to be. And just cause you have a couple bumps and bruises doesn't mean like that's the end. Just yeah. keep on pushing through. Man, that's awesome, man. Thank you for that. That's uh, it's a mindset for life, you know. Like yeah, you said, it's too. not just basketball. Because yeah. <laughs> we go through a lot and, mm-hmm. you know, you get hit and you got to just persevere gotta through it. keep going, yeah. No, I, I love how basketball teaches that. And that's what we try to do with the young ones. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, just stay with it. You're not yeah. going to be as good as the person next to you. For but sure. one day you might pass them. But it doesn't sure. matter. What yeah. matters is the staying with it mm-hmm. and putting that effort, especially if you love it, the game. Like, you know, we love the game. Yeah. So, uh, moving moving into high school, okay? So, Campbell Hall, you had some shoes to fill, right? Your brothers came <laughs> yeah. there, kind of wrecked shop, three yeah. state championships and all yeah. these things. Um, and they were graduated by the time you got there. Mm-hmm. Um, entering high school, what was, what was your mindset? What, what was the goals going into high school? Honestly, going into high school, I just wanted to have fun. I didn't really... Like I cared about winning a championship or getting on a banner, but like it wasn't my main goal. It was just to have fun and get better, uh, prepare for college, and obviously get to the D1 school that I wanted to. But I mean, just my mindset was just to enjoy school, honestly. Yeah, and you could tell, man, your freshman year, dropped 50 in a game, 50 yeah. piece, 52 was it? Mm-hmm. What, did you plan that or <laughs> what happened? <laughs> No, I, don't, I never planned any of that, but I mean, just being resilient, obviously finding something that was working and just kept going at it. I think I shot a lot of free throws, but mm-hmm. being able to make shots, get to the lay, get layups and, and shoot a lot of free throws, just just found something that was working and just kept at it. What What is um, your biggest, like in high school, what, mm-hmm. what was the most memorable moment on the court for you? My most memorable moment probably was our game against Viewpoint. Um, I think we were down. I was playing terrible. Uh, I didn't. I probably had like two points maybe at halftime, somewhere around there. But we this ended up coming your, your back. Your senior year. It's either my junior or senior year. Okay. We ended up coming back. Um, I ended up having like twenty points in the second half, and we ended up winning. And that's probably my most memorable like moment. What just overcoming the hump and? Yeah, because I was playing terrible. Uh, it was it was bad. <laughs> Couldn't make a shot. I was just making like dumb mistakes, but just being able to overcome it, you know, because times like that in basketball, we we pretty much get in our own head and become self-conscious and like, oh my goodness, I'm not playing well. But being able to get over that and settle myself back down and continue to fight, I felt like that was a step forward, you know, moving yeah. on to college and everything. That was I need those moments just to, to be all right in college and, and pass that. Absolutely. And so you had uh, many different teams kind of when you were at Campbell yeah. Hall, right? Every mm-hmm. year it kind of seemed to shift. People were leaving. You mm-hmm. stay consistent, stay with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, you had to learn to be a better teammate through that time because you were such a bucket. It's mm-hmm. easy for you to get buckets, but understanding the team concept, what helped you understand that you had to get others involved? Mm-hmm. And how did you do that? Uh, my parents did a great job of instilling that in me early. Um, I obviously didn't listen too much my first couple of years, but <laughs> eventually, like, it's just the game of basketball. Like, you want your teammates to be happy and have fun playing with you. Obviously, you're the main guy, and you're going to get your shots when you get them, so getting off the ball early or just finding different ways to get your guys involved, keep them happy, and make the game more enjoyable. And, I mean, now, even in being in the NBA, like, I really feel like that's the way I need to play basketball. Even yeah. though I'm out there for 15, 20 minutes a game, if that, I still feel like I could get my guys the ball and make them, you know, enjoy this. Because not many people make it, obviously, to this level. And it's a blessing to be able to play basketball. So right. 
It's probably the reason you stay in there, too. Uh, yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of people who get buckets. I tell mm -hmm. people all the time. The best score is probably, you know, is at the top yeah. of the league, but there's a lot of dudes who go overseas that For don't sure. have that knack to be a good teammate, to yeah. be a good basketball player. And, um, you know, you could just see through your career, mm -hmm. um, which we're, we're going to get to, yeah. but you speaking about that is show, you know, through college you did it, yeah. and then in the NBA now, you know, you've seen where you had you were playing 30 minutes a game and you yeah, can yeah. average a lot of points. You can do that, yeah. but also you could fit a role and play sure. where the team needs you. But yeah. um, kids need to, I think kids need to learn that and see For that. For sure, understanding point. your role is probably a big thing playing basketball and getting to different levels. Um, for me, obviously getting into the league at first, you want to be, you want your role to be a certain thing, but you can't always dictate what that is. You mm -hmm. can always get better at every aspect of your game and just be ready for the opportunity, but you still have to be a, a star in your role, so. Man, you need to write a book, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll seriously. leave that for my parents. <laughs> you, you have this uh, maturity and wisdom about you you know, even though, you know, you're older and you've been through all this, but yeah. you still find other players who are older and vets that don't have this wisdom and understanding sure. of not, not just basketball, but life, man. You, mm -hmm. you, you get it. You yeah. get it. So that's awesome. I try to, man. I try. <laughs> a lot of I, years, man. Like right. 26 now, a lot Woo! of years. Man, so you've been playing for 24 years, Loki. Like, yeah. man, you've been playing longer. That's probably longer than me. I didn't yeah. start playing until I was 11. Yeah, we've been playing basketball the same amount of years almost. I'm that much older than you, but my son's already uh, shooting hoops and stuff. Loves basketball. He loves any all the sports. But how old is he son, now? He's he just turned two in May, so and he's already shooting. Yeah, he's shooting. My son, everything. my son does this with the ball. <laughs> That's it. And he just let it fall. Yeah. He, he could catch He'll it get though. There. Yeah, no, exactly. He'll Everybody with their own time. I'm mm -hmm. waiting to to get my Sean Holiday on one day. He's getting his gym, but. Yeah. Uh, no, that's um, man, that's so dope. I I really appreciate it. I saw it when you know I was there as the coach, as a coach, but mm -hmm. also just watching all your games after that. Man, your parents um just kind of allowed you to play during the games. They yeah. weren't screaming from the stands. They weren't giving you commands. Y'all just didn't hear my dad. Okay, I didn't hear him I either. Heard so, him. oh, okay. I heard him, but y'all just didn't hear him. But, <laughs> but he yeah. wasn't like a you know yeah. the you know. There's parents in the crowd that you mm -hmm. can see yeah. are like, just like, yo, chill out. He may yeah. give you some advice or some basketball stuff, but mm -hmm. they weren't like overly aggressive during the game yeah. about, you know, that what did do you think that helped you um, or did um, you block them out or what was what was that like? It was kind of a thing like you just understood what they were saying. You could look at them and just understand what they're trying to say and like communicating without really talking i guess you can mm -hmm. say but yeah it helped me out for sure it helps you grow um usually when i'm locked in i'm locked in but obviously i can hear my it's weird i can hear my parents like my dad or whatever the case may be my mom like you can just hear them but right for the most part it helped uh, i was able to make my own mistakes and learn from them they mm -hmm. said their piece when they felt time the time was needed but for the most part i was able to just learn and grow so it, it helped me out for sure yeah no that's I think that's so important for kids to understand that to either, yeah. hey, your parents may do that. That's mm -hmm. up to them. But to be able to understand why they're doing it. Yeah. And th I think there's an advantage when parents played basketball. Exactly. They're probably giving yeah. you the right information. Exactly. If your dad never <laughs> played and he is an accountant yeah. and he don't know nothing about basketball, mm -hmm. you should probably just be like respecting it. Yes, yes. dad, I hear you. Yeah. I'll, Eat the fish, spit out the bones. Mm -hmm, for sure. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so I think that's important to, for, for people to hear and see, but also that um, someone whose kids all had success in, in the mm -hmm. sport of basketball, how they were, hey, they weren't overly yeah. aggressive. That's for, for these sure. parents out here who were trying to imitate someone like a LeVar Ball, who's very yeah. outspoken. LeVar did it, hey, it his kids are in the league. Though. His kids is right. pretty much, they were all pretty much superstars at a young age, so... Right, and it, it, don't knock it, Yeah, but there's other routes to it. Yeah, I always sure. talk about that. Me and my friend always have this conversation. He's a LeVar Ball fanatic, and I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I'm a Sean Holiday fanatic, man. Yeah. He got three kids in the league, and your yeah. sister probably would have went, went to the dub. For sure. You know, if, yeah. you know, things were different. And exactly. She it's like, sure you know, it's like, man, he did it a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And um, is there, is there 
So now that you, you know, you've been through it, now you have a son. Mm-hmm. What's your expectation for him and, you know, growing up playing other sports and all that? Yeah. And what do you think you're going to be like as a dad with that? I haven't really thought about it. Um, right now I'm focused on, obviously, my career, but obviously spending time with him, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really care if he played basketball or not. I just want him to enjoy life, obviously. I know he's going to be some type of athlete, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to force it upon him, but I just want him to enjoy life. Like, he's into golfing, playing tennis, wow. basketball, soccer. So he likes to do everything, and I just want to be able to lay it all out for him and him choose what he wants, pretty much. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. He's probably going to end up hooping, right? <laughs> like, probably. Might, but I'm, I'm we'll like see. this with my son. I'm, I'm trying to figure out that balance, right? Mm-hmm. So when my son was born, first thing I said, I was like, thank you, God. Yes. 10 fingers, 10 toes. Like, yep. I'm so Healthy. blessed. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing, and I couldn't help it, it's just the truth. I was like, I want him to be an all-star point guard in NBA. <laughs> it's really my heart's desire yeah. for him, but I know sure. that he has to love it. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, he has to want to do the work, and yeah. I have to give him the resources and, and exactly. do that. But at the same time, if he doesn't, I have to be okay, which mm-hmm. I am. I've yeah. accepted that. Hey, one day he, or he may not hoop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but man, that 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 hooper in me mm-hmm. is like, you know, you just feel it. Yeah, you, you just do. feel it. Yeah. So, do you, do you have that feeling as well? Like, like when I get out there and play with him, obviously, I'm, he's two years old, so it's not like he's gonna be able to shoot over me yet. But I block his shot every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, you do get that feeling where you're like, man, you want to be a hooper, but at the end of the day, he can make the decision himself. So. Yeah, and I'll be all right either way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's, uh, we're going to come back around. We kind of got off topic, but yeah, yeah. hey, we dads. That's what we do. Um, going into college. So mm-hmm. high school career, pretty successful high school career. Yeah. Made some deep playoff runs. Uh, you know, your junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, UCLA. Was that the school of your dreams? Was that uh, how, how did your college recruitment go? Yeah. And why did you choose UCLA at the time? Honestly, I didn't really care where I went. I was just looking to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, East Coast, West Coast, it didn't matter. But uh, it came down to USC and UCLA. Those were my last two schools that I took my officials on and the last two schools I really obviously wanted to go to. So, yeah, we just got up. We had our, I had my official visit at UCLA, and that was pretty much it. I loved the campus. Everything was just beautiful up there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the basketball program is elite. Like, it's not many schools like UCLA. Um, and, yeah, that just did it for me, the, the official. Did Drew push you at all to say, hey, no, not at all? No, he didn't. Uh, my sister was up there, too. She, oh, that's she right. was at UCLA, what, two years before I got there. So my her junior year was my freshman year. So I was able to hang out with her a lot, too. But, yeah, it was he didn't pressure me. Uh, Justin didn't pressure me to go to Washington. Right. But it just sort of happened. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's dope. And and it's cool cool cuz you have you got a home team crowd right mm-hmm. by you like yeah, I, I remember sure. just wanting to go to games cuz you were playing. So mm-hmm. it was just like I know that's always cool playing in the hometown. For sure. Um what was the biggest uh learning uh, adjustment you had to make going from high school into college? Biggest adjustment I had to make was just learning to slow down, play with pace. Um in high school you're able just to go full speed and just get to wherever you want. Now there's guys taller than you, more athletic, obviously more physical. So that adjustment of slowing down, playing at your own pace and really understanding, like I got to get to my spots and use different angles. Because mm-hmm. obviously when I'm six feet, get blocked easily at the rim. So using different angles and your athleticism and sometimes just settling for the three and just knocking it down. But just understanding the game at a higher level, I think that's what helped me the most. Yeah, and so you went from starting every game your freshman year mm-hmm. in uh, college to your sophomore year coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was that like? And, you know, yeah. what what was your emotions and feelings going through that it, experience? It was tough, angry, honestly. Like, I just started my entire freshman year. Um, didn't have the best of year, but, you know, it was my freshman year, so it was what it was. Then coming back, I was like, okay, I'm going to get more prepared, and then... Who do we have? Lonzo, mm-hmm. I think TJ, EK. Mm-hmm. I think them three came in, and my coach came to me. It was like, yeah, you're going to be coming off the bench. And I thought it would be up for, like, discussion, like, you have to do practicing and all that. But 
he might have said it, but he knew he was gonna who he was gonna play already. Um, mm-hmm. And that happens. I mean, there's yeah. times you can't really dictate the outcome, but you just have to figure out how to persevere through it. Um, yeah. And so many people were telling me I should transfer, I should do this, I should do that, and I'm like, for what? I feel like I should be here. So that was yeah. my main mindset. I feel like I should be here. I know I should be here. So I'm gonna just take the role I have and go out there and hoop and. My second year, I had probably one of them, obviously better than my first year, but pretty good year coming off the bench. Um, yeah. I think I averaged like 12 points or something. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, 12 and 3, yep. Yeah, so it was, honestly, it was tough. I was obviously angry, and that probably fueled me to be the player I was that next year, but at the end of the day, you got to roll with the punches and adjust and figure out ways you can just, you can be better and help your team. I got to know what those practices were like when you were on the second team yeah, yeah, yeah. playing against them, knowing that you have the ability to for start. Sure. What, how, how competitive was it? Well, for me, it was very competitive. Uh, obviously, whoever was in front of me, that's who I was going at. So we had Lonzo, Bryce, Isaac, all of them. So I was just doing my best to obviously prepare myself for the season, but also show that I'm meant to be here. And I obviously I picked up full court and yeah. just continue to try, to try to put pressure on them and that's going to help them get better as well not only me so it was a collective effort but obviously we had a pretty good team that year and what we got to what second in the nation at one point so mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was a pretty good team but yeah for me I was just trying to go at everybody no, that's awesome and how did you keep the relationships with your teammates, mm-hmm. even though you felt like, hey, For sure. I should be starting? What What is that like if somebody's struggling with that now, whether they're yeah. in high school? Because mm-hmm. it happens now, you know, these kids think yeah. they're in college and transfer. <laughs> but somebody who's in college who's yeah. maybe going through the same thing, how did you keep that relationship clean with your teammates during that time? I mean, I don't feel like it's my teammates' fault that that happened. It's right. the coach's decision. No matter what, it comes down to the coaches. Like, players... I can go to a coach and be like, yo, I'm better than him. Why am I not playing? But at the end of the day, he's going to make the coach is going to make a decision that he feels is best for himself and the team. So I didn't really take it out on my teammates, like especially off the court. Like mm-hmm. we were all cool and just, you know, hung out, spoke in the locker room, whatever the case may be. But I think that that part is obviously important because a lot of guys will be mad at this player or that player just because they're they were put over them. That doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that they're better than you. Right. It's just the, the time and place that you're at right now, and you just got to get better and improve yourself. But I think being connected with your teammates off the court is, is pretty important. Yeah. No, I think it reflected in that next year, mm-hmm. your junior year, where For you sure. averaged 20, you know, yeah. and had that opportunity to show with, mm-hmm. you know, Lonzo leaving, um, TJ, TJ leaving. EK left too. Yep. And so. I think Jonah left. Was Jonah there my sophomore year? Jonah Bowling was there. Sophomore. My sophomore year, I think. Mm-hmm. He was out too. Yeah. So. And then you had a new bunch come in. Who came in your junior year? Uh, is that a. I don't know if Jay Hands was there. Yeah, my, Jay Han- yeah he was yeah, there Jay my Hans. junior year. Yeah. Jay Hands, Chris Wilkes. Um, yeah. Who else came in? I think those were the two main guys that played. Yeah. Yeah, those are yeah. I think that was it. Those are the big the big name recruits at least. Yeah. And um McDonald's on Americans. I think both of them are McDonald's Americans. Yep. So yeah, those two for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then you got the you know, you got the ball in your hands and mm-hmm. been able to do your thing and um like you said, man, I think that sophomore year you took the step defensively, mm-hmm. right? Showing what you can do and impact sure. the game that way and it yeah. carried over to um, the opportunity on the offensive end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just explain your junior year and your mindset going into it. And Man. did you think you were going to be ready for the NBA after that year? For sure. I thought I was ready for the NBA after my second year, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but just tested the waters and obviously heard from the coaches and teams and everything in the NBA and decided to go back for my third year and just get a just get ranked higher and build my stock pretty much. And it ended up working out. I just went back and pretty much told myself I just need to get better and prove that I'm an NBA player to the executives and the presidents and stuff in the NBA. And I'm glad and blessed that I was able to do that. I was just honestly in the mindset of just going in there and just killing. Uh, yeah. Whether that's scoring, getting my teammates involved, playing defense, just trying to put everything together. And, and I was able to do that my third year. Yeah, no, heck of a year. And then going into the draft, so having two brothers who were in the mm-hmm. NBA at the time, were they given, you know, what, how did that uh, make an impact 
yeah. on you going through that your last year in college and even mm -hmm. like the pre-draft process, testing the water process? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I actually used my brother's agent when I was testing the waters, which was pretty cool just like to understand how everything went and how agents are. Uh, Glushan, he really did a good job of explaining everything to me. Obviously, he's a really good agent now. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but, um, yeah, they didn't say too much. Uh, it was kind of just me learning the process on my own. Like, I mean, they could tell me so much, but I'm going to have to go through it eventually. That's what I always tell people. Like, yeah. my brothers could say so much, but you're still going to have to go through it. And what they can say, it might be different from what you experience. So, <laughs> right. It, right. Was, it was good to have them around, being able to have somebody to talk to and obviously kind of give me the ropes of the league, but I still felt like I had to go through it myself to really figure it out. Absolutely. And do you remember any of your pre-draft workouts? I tell these people, when you go to a pre-draft workout, man, some of these teams, yeah. you go through the ringer. Like I had about 14, I think. Ooh. I worked out for, I think, about half the, yeah, half the league. league. <laughs> but, I mean, Boston. And that's in, like, a, what, three-week span? Yeah, it, was, it might be, like, a month, yeah, four yeah. weeks. Mm -hmm. But Boston, they had three-minute drill. Phoenix had a three-minute drill. I did my... Explain the three-minute drill for the... Okay, so pretty much you run from sideline to sideline or baseline to baseline for three minutes straight and just get out how many ever touches you can get within that three minutes. So Man. I know in Houston or in Phoenix, I think I tied the record for the three minute drill. Mm. And I think I had a pretty good workout in Phoenix both times. I went back for a second time. I remember the Boston workout just being crazy. Like, I think that was one of my first workouts and okay. had to yep. get into the three minute drum. Like, man, this is tough. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, most of them, I don't, I kind of remember the Clippers one cause I had a good workout for the Clippers, but. Did you work out for your Indiana? No. I see, and they're the ones who drafted me. They're the ones who drafted me. Yeah, it's crazy how it works. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's usually how it works, I don't know. <laughs> no, absolutely, so working in the pre-draft, mm -hmm. literally the teams don't want people to know that they're interested in you, so they yeah. won't work you out there, watch you from the distance, mm -hmm. call their homie and be like, hey, yeah. how does it work out for you? Yeah. And oh, we're not gonna work this guy out, but mm -hmm. secretly eyeing you mm -hmm. for what for they sure. want. And so. Um, yeah. I didn't know that going into it, bro. I didn't. <laughs> right. All I knew was they calling everybody from my high school asking about me. That's all I, like, why are they doing Please, that? But, let the people know. Yeah. This is what I tell these kids all the time because I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with middle schoolers who are pretty mm -hmm. good at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling them that they will call, they call yeah. me. They literally call yeah. me. So they called who from high school? I remember they talked to, mom I think said to talk to Coach V uh, about me. Um, they called, I believe they talked to a few teachers, just people around. And they might have talked to the janitor, maybe, or people working there. But, yeah, they talked <laughs> to everybody. Planned. It's crazy. I Not didn't know planned. that. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, why are they calling everybody? But they want to know how you are around people that you might not know or people that just work around you. They just want to see if you're a good person or not, I guess. So. Yeah. No, they're, they're testing your character. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, how you treat one person For is... Sure. is Really important, especially, like you said, the janitor and those mm -hmm. types of people. And so, um, man, the kids think I'm joking when I say that stuff. So yeah. I love that you said it so they can hear. I like, thought you were joking really... too, but <laughs> right. I went through it, so I understand now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, draft night. Mm -hmm. So what's it like on a draft night? Um, did you know you were going to get drafted? Yeah, I knew I was going to get drafted. How, how, much, how soon before the draft? I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted going through the process. Got but, it. Okay. Well, I guess it's just me thinking that. Okay. So, yeah, I the confidence that you're going to get yeah, drafted. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have like a draft promise? No. So, I, got it. I mean, there are a few teams that said they were going to pick me earlier, but it didn't happen. So, mm. it is what it is. But, I mean, I felt like I was there. I was going to get drafted for sure. Um, yeah, I could have went probably as high as like 15 or 16 up in that area. And I think my low would have been late first round, maybe early second, but mm -hmm. I knew I was going to get drafted. I felt like I was good enough and I had a good, good enough uh, last year and at UCLA to get drafted in the first round. So I just had confidence in myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then hearing your name called, what's, what's that feeling like? Um, it's awesome. It's just something you dream about. Obviously, you play basketball outside and you're obviously counting down like from three, two, one and and all those moments, like just you, just feel like they come true, you know. After you hear your name get drafted at the NBA draft, so it was pretty cool. And my brothers were there, my sister, mm -hmm. and my parents. Uh, it was just a great time, you know. 
Yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I remember watching you play pickup games when uh, Pinbrother used to rent out the gym back uh, in the day. Yeah, used to rent out Heritage, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. Um, man, I think it was right. It was during your sophomore year, mm-hmm. I believe, and you were giving everybody buckets. And I'm talking yeah. like the Reggie Jacksons, Paul George, yeah. like all these cats was in the gym, mm-hmm. and you were just giving people relentless buckets. For sure. As a sophomore, um, did was that like a, what what kind of confidence do you have to go against these cats? Dude. Like where where's the mindset at for you to not have that fear of you know dudes who are already in the NBA? Mm-hmm. What is where is that coming? I mean, from? I just feel like at the end of the day, it's basketball. Like no matter what your age is, if you're good at basketball, it's going to show. So. Just being confident in my craft, and obviously my parents did a good job of instilling that in, in me at a very young age. But obviously playing against my brothers and my sister outside, that, that builds your confidence. Like, they're not easy p- people or players to go against. Mm-hmm. Even my sister was aggressive, too. So, yeah. I mean, if I can go against them, I feel like I could pretty much go against anybody. So, How long did it take for you to finally beat Lauren? Um, I don't remember. Did you ever? Is the question. Yeah, I beat her for sure. I used to play against them in high school, her team. And I used to beat them then too. But yeah, I don't remember when exactly I started beating her, but it was, it was a long time for sure. Got you. Got it you. took me a minute to get there. But Now, going into the league, you're in Indiana. What's mm-hmm. Indiana like? It's different from California. I'll yeah. tell you that. Different from LA. Um, it's, a, it's a quiet city, it's slow. Um, it's a basketball city for sure, but yeah. the fans, they, they're energetic. They come to every game. They pack the house. So That's dope. Yeah, it's, a great, it's a great basketball city. Um, had to adjust to the snow. I was driving my brother's Challenger in my first year and had to adjust to it. I was, you put chains on the tires and all no, that? No, I didn't know. So you I was, was slipping driving. and sliding? <laughs> I was driving, fishtailing, everything. So oh, boy. Eventually, I figured it out, though, and I just got a, a bigger car, but... Yeah, it was a great city. I enjoyed my time in Indiana for sure. Who were your coaches in Indiana? Um, I had Nate McMillan and Nate Bjorken. And then Rick got there as I got traded. So he got there like a few weeks before I got traded. So Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then what was your experience like with Nate? So you played for him in Atlanta as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you guys have a pretty good relationship then yeah, from a coaching solid, perspective. Yeah. Um, what is different from the NBA coaches compared to the college coaches? What was that experience like? Um, college, they're able to do and say, like, get on you however they want to, however they please. In the NBA, it's harder for them to do that because of, like, the players they have around them. They're so talented, and I don't know if money plays a part, but it's just different uh, how a coach can, like, I think, get on you. Yeah. Um, there are some coaches that still are able to do that and get on kid and get on uh, mm-hmm. NBA players, but... I think that aspect is different because in college they'll just <laughs> go at you. I feel like <laughs> right, right. And you really can't do nothing. Not saying you can do something <laughs> in the NBA, but it's like I just feel like that aspect is is a lot different. A little like grown man respect yeah, kind of thing exactly. and versus like now a, I'm grown. Yeah, type. Yeah. Yeah. For what, sure. What's um? What was the biggest adjustment from college to the NBA in mm-hmm. the style of your game? Um, I don't know. I feel like obviously they're a lot bigger and stronger and more athletic. Everybody's good at this level. Um, I think the biggest part I had to get better at was, which I still am, obviously, uh, being a smaller guard, is getting into the paint, finishing over guys, even though I'm pretty athletic. Just understanding when to go and when not to, um, and just running your team. Like getting into the NBA, obviously, I said before, like I wanted to be somebody I dreamed of. Obviously, getting there mm-hmm. and doing everything that I've always wanted to do, but. Like, eventually, you just can't be that person right now. So you have to try to adjust your game and obviously fit in with your teammates and understand the system. So that part was probably, like, the toughest, just understanding, like, okay, I know I want to get here and I'm still going to fight to get here, but right now that's just not it. So Mm -hmm. I got to take a couple steps back, really read and and understand the game at a higher level, and eventually we'll we'll be able to get up to that level that I want to be at. Absolutely. Man, that's, that's good. You had to actually read, like, and learn, yeah. learn system, <laughs> studying yeah, still. Yeah, it's sure. a job. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of kids don't understand that because yeah. I, I tell kids, find what you're really, really good at mm-hmm. and master that craft, yeah. right? 
master what you're really good at. It doesn't mean you don't stop improving the rest exactly. of your game. Yeah. But if you master what you're good at, then you, you define a role for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then keep working and working and working. And then all of a sudden, you Jeremy Grant with a max deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like exactly. those opportunities come because mm -hmm. of, you know, because of your work. Um, yeah. Always, oh, man, I love uh, Justin's story. Mm -hmm. You know, overseas for some years. Yeah. and he went had, through it for sure had to develop a three-point shot pretty much that mm -hmm. gave him a calling card into the league and hasn't left since yeah just like those things happen they that's, do that's that's what it is um what are you doing now to develop your game you work with uh, uh shay mm -hmm. um you have a little little time in the gym with chris johnson this yeah, off season yeah. um as you you know go throughout these years your development phases mm -hmm. um is there anything that you're adding specifically to your regimen as yeah. well as your skill set with what, mm -hmm. what's the plan uh, right now just obviously touching everything on offense don't play much defense in the summertime <laughs> i say that for uh the season but i mean just understanding angles obviously with chris he does a good job of teaching angles and using the glass um and dealing with shay it's more so using angles to get baseline so like working on gnashing if mm -hmm. people know that term, just keeping your dribble on the baseline and seeing what you have, the reverse, the uh, one dribble pull up as you come around or just pretty much follow, just go a circle all the way around and get back to the other side. Uh, so it's just different things I'm working on, um, playing with pace, working on my ball handling, shooting. Obviously, those are non-negotiables, but really understanding the the angles of basketball and yeah. how I can use my body, which Shay, I'm working on just using my body a lot more. I'm pretty strong, so I know I can obviously do that, and we've been working on it a couple of years, and I've gotten better, but just understanding like when to use your body, how to use your body, and obviously using your like couple more dribbles be before shooting, like coming off and pick and roll, like just keeping your dribble a little bit longer, or maybe you just gotta get off of it quick, but just understanding the difference of a guy in a drop or up and how to get around him. So just, I'm going on and on. No, it's just, good. You're talking basketball. Yeah. I love it because kids need to understand that it's not about just being able to do a crossover and hit a shot. Yeah. You're understanding reads, you're understanding mm -hmm. movements, the terminology that you use, yeah. that there's a study to this game sure. yeah. that takes your game to another level, man. Mm -hmm. It's good to hear you even speak like that. <laughs> so listen, Aaron's always <laughs> been strong, okay? He ain't, yeah. you know, that just, just didn't happen. In high school, foul, so. they used to, Coach Blunt used to make me guard this man <laughs> in practice as a grown man because he was killing high schoolers. Yeah. And that was the only thing that could remotely getting his way and so and yeah, he, yeah. he used to kind of uh, I, I used to lock him up in my <laughs> he got buckets here and there but yeah. that was when he was 16 but <laughs> anywho um no i think that's awesome um from just a a, a maturity and growth standpoint for you're sure. still learning you've yeah. been in the league for five years going to your sixth year and you're mm -hmm. still learning and growing sure. and working on the fundamentals like you said dribbling and shooting is non-negotiable playing off two as well i got that in there yep playing off being two. a smaller guard you got to be able to play off two um, mm -hmm. just throws off shot blocking and you'll be able to have more stability stop turn spin and get out of just tough situation, so. Yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely a one foot jumper, cause. For sure, you know. I still am, but <laughs> I gotta tell myself sometimes, it's alright to stay on two feet. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Was that something just that's just natural for you, or were you taught to jump off of one foot? I think it was just natural. I okay. mean, me being like the height I am, obviously I'm pretty athletic off one, so I guess I just lean toward that, and mm -hmm. I can get my shot off, and I can jump pretty quick. So, mm -hmm. I guess I just. How'd you, so how'd you how'd you become athletic? I don't know. Probably just from my parents. My I mean, genes, what it, <laughs> so y'all never like y'all wasn't in the weight room or no, I didn't running lift hills, resistance. Did run, okay, run. Which, what kind of my running? My dad uh, over by our house. There's like this little hill that he still runs to this day. But we used to run that a few times, um, a few times a week uh, with my dad. He used to get out there and run with us, but. Other than that, I didn't really start lifting until probably closer to high school. I didn't, mm -hmm. like, all throughout junior high, I wasn't really lifting. But I think once I got a freshman year, I started to lift more and more. But, yeah, I guess it was all just thank thank my parents. And obviously God blessed me with, with what I have right now. So Awesome. So, NBA games. Mm -hmm. What is something that us spectators are watching 
that you experience in the game that is like, man, this is unreal? Um, just the talent level. Obviously, there. I don't think the the fans know how talented like every player in the NBA is. Like they only see what they kind of are able to show at the time, but they don't understand how talented it is. Like mm -hmm. there's games or practices even like where there's guys who are 15 on the bench that are like cooking. Mm -hmm. And obviously the people outside that don't understand outside the practice don't see that, but they only see him miss a couple shots here and there and like, oh, but yeah, there's there's really, really like unbelievable talent, like one through 15. And that's probably something that most people outside the NBA don't know. What is your most memorable game in the NBA so far? Oh, memorable game. Mm. I mean, I, playing against my brothers are always like my favorite games to play in. Um, I think, what, the first time we beat Drew, like me and Justin together, I think the first time we beat him was in Atlanta, when we played for Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was the only time. But even playing against Justin when he was in Memphis or other teams he was with, like those are probably my most memorable times because it's just fun and like you get to just have fun with your brother again, you know? That's history, man. I don't think there's yeah. ever been three brothers playing on the same court at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I think in, in New league. Orleans, that was the first time we did it. So yeah, that's that was so pretty dope. cool. And so you've been on your uh, with Justin two times, mm -hmm. one uh, in Indiana for Indiana. a year? Or a, a year or two. Yeah, two. A year or two years, I don't know. Yeah. It was a year or two, and then, and then in Atlanta this past year. Half a year in Atlanta, yeah. Okay, half a year, he man. He traded. He went to, uh, I think, Houston. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up in Dallas, but yeah, half a year. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so it's crazy. It's a blessing, man. I don't take that for granted, for sure. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it sucks when you're with your brother the whole year, and then halfway through, you just leave, and it's like, okay, well. <laughs> right. But again, our team was pretty well connected, so it wasn't too bad of an adjustment for me, but... It just kind of stinks, like, uh, I can't go to work with my brother every day, but everything worked out. What's a misconception about a player that you've played with that you think people should know? I mean, Russell Westbrook is obviously very talented, but he's also a great person. Yeah. Um, I haven't really played on the same team as him, but I've spoke to him a couple times just playing uh, against him and stuff, and he's, he's a great human been to D.C. the year after he left, and they spoke very highly of him, mm -hmm. how good of a teammate he is on the court and off the court. Like, he just wants to win, and I think people just only see the, the side of him that's always wanting to win, which yeah. isn't bad. Like, everybody wants to win, but he's pushing his teammates to do better. So I think that's that's one player that I know for sure that people kind of hate on. But Yeah, no, he, I mean... I, I see him from the distance. I've met. Mm -hmm. I've seen. I met Russell once. I was rebounding for him, and you yeah. know, kind of like a what's up thing. But it was uh, just how he treats his AAU team mm -hmm. and the stuff that people say about him. Yeah. Um, he was one of my favorite players for sure, all times. Like, just he does everything. He plays the game with passion and aggression. Mm -hmm. Like you, you there's no doubt that. that this man loves basketball, exactly. regardless of what. Yeah. Forget all the other stuff. I think. There is something that happens when you come to LA. Yeah, One, for sure. That there's an expectation of, oh, you got to be good. And mm -hmm. that takes a hit. When you come to the Lakers, let me say yeah, specifically, yeah, yeah. you come to the Lakers, you are yeah. under a microscope. For sure. And the media feeds into that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, I think that's a terrible thing. Yeah. When a dude, he's a good dude. He ain't done Great no dude, wrong. Yeah. Like, that's it. And yeah. so, um, where's your favorite place to play? Um, my favorite place has always been Staples Center or Crypto now. Yeah, yeah. Just love coming back home and playing against the Lakers. They were mm -hmm. my, my team growing up. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just awesome to just get out there. The lights are just different in, in Staples Center. Or Crypto, sorry, Crypto yeah. Arena. We call it Staples. I still call it Staples yeah. Center. I don't care what nobody say. Lights just hit different, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. I don't yeah. know what about it, but it's it's just awesome to be back home and playing. Yeah, they say like the like the lights are set where mm -hmm. it's like literally just on the court and yeah. everything's kind of everything's blacked yeah. out so yeah, it's pretty there's cool. this uh that feeling yeah um and then i'm blanking hold on we're gonna edit this piece <laughs> dang i had a good question i was following that i had a stadium and shoot all right we're gonna hop to the next thing right. <laughs> um we're gonna go with this all right um 
how um uh, so traveling from you've been to you know three four different teams now mm -hmm. uh what is that like with the family you yeah. know now that you got a you know you got a son you have a wife mm -hmm. um you know what, what's that balance like for for a player yeah so i have three kids now uh my stepdaughter's six she'll be seven soon my son jackson just turned two in may and then my son Bodie is about nine or ten months now. So. Oh, okay, you got three. Oh man, you got a family, family. Okay. Yeah, so it's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, my wife does a great job of obviously taking care of all that and, and getting us moved when I just can focus on basketball. So that's that's a great thing about uh, having my wife uh, in my life. She pretty much keeps us all calm and and just takes care of everything without complaining or anything like that. But it's been tough uh, just moving everywhere with your family. Like obviously, you want to stay in one situation where like your kids can just grow up there and just be happy, but hasn't been the case. We're still working on that, and I feel mm -hmm. like I can get there eventually. But yeah, but just for my kids' sake, I would rather them just be in one spot, and I'm able just to be there and just grow community for them and with them. But I think we can. Obviously, I just said we can get there eventually, so that's what we're working towards. That's dope. Is there? Um, is he, you know, old enough and? you know not running everywhere where there. he can come to practice and he's and getting kinda, there okay so he comes on my workouts now nice um, usually my late night workouts i work out like two days maybe what monday and thursday so he'll come to both of those and have his little court and shoot and, and just have fun you know and oh. that obviously like as a parent and a basketball player that's just like a dream to have your kid come to your workouts and be able to enjoy himself and play and there's times where he sits there and watches me work out. And those are also times where it's very enjoyable for me as a father, mm -hmm. like just paving the way and just showing him how to work and, and how yeah. to get to where, if he chooses that road, <laughs> how to how to get to like that level. Yeah. No, I, man, I think that, you know, I think in professional sports, there's always this, you know, misconception that mm -hmm. people aren't family family yeah. people yeah. and i've seen you like i've that's where mm -hmm. i saw you i saw you in the gym with your whole family yeah um and i think it's cool for for people to hear and see that, that mm -hmm. hey man you have a wife who holds it down yeah and that you're doing everything you can to you know give your kids the best experience that you can with sure. everything with your career yeah and um you know that i think that's extremely important for for people to hear so yeah um you know you're you grew up in a, a family of faith right mm -hmm. yes, um sir. how has that impacted you know just the decisions you've made mm -hmm. and uh even this journey that you're taking through the nba i mean it's impacted my entire career of basketball um with that with that faith my parents uh with the confidence my parents gave me they also gave me faith and that pretty much i can go out there and do anything i need to do uh through god and with, with jesus and god on my side i I can accomplish anything and that's something that they installed in us very early at a young age and and also I believed it so that's yeah. probably that is reason why I'm here and where I am today just obviously trusting God trusting the process and not knowing that everything's going to work out the way I want it to mm -hmm. and pretty much God's will be done and that's something I stand by and live by like throughout my daily life throughout my career and it's just something just to hold myself to that standard and not get too down on myself or try not to get too high when things are good and bad, but just understand God has a, a plan and he's always working. Absolutely, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, all right. There's a part of our show. It's called the My Rushmore. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your top four. We're going to go your top four players that you played against yeah. in your high school career. Yeah. I would do NBA, but no, we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. Top four. Top four high school. Okay. <laughs> Top four NBA, you already got two of them that I would say, so that wouldn't be fun. But um, <laughs> Top four, obviously playing against Marcus. We used to go to Providence, and those games used to be crazy. Um, Double OTs, yeah. people getting dropped. <laughs> 38, 40. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, those games was wild. Um, uh, Trey Holder was another one that uh, I remember going against. He went to Brentwood. Um, that was a game I coached. Do you remember that? Sophomore year? I don't. Blunt had to go handle some family business. <laughs> and okay. I had coached that game. Yeah. Lost by five. We, we were up. It yeah. got tough. Yeah. And uh, I remember that game, Trey Holder. That was your sophomore year against Trey. But yeah. yep. Um, another player I remember playing against was um, – 
Christian Juzang mm-hmm. from Viewpoint. Um, those are always tough battles playing against Viewpoint. Uh, close games, but I don't remember losing the Viewpoint too many times. I don't know if I lost <laughs> a Viewpoint ever, actually, but we'll have to look that up and see. Yeah. And then um, Deverell Ramsey went to Sierra Canyon. Yeah. He was obviously always fast, quick, just a great basketball player. So yeah. Those are probably my uh, top four. Yeah. Man, I, I, I might have. Oh, uh, I got one for you. I'm going to stay with Marcus LeVette, mm-hmm. just watching those battles with you. Crazy. Trey Holder. Trey was a monster. Yeah. Um, I'm adding in Kihei when he was at Buckley. Yeah. Remember that playoff yeah, yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Y'all that. were going at I remember it. that. That's when, Providence, right? So if y'all don't know this, man, Aaron Holiday probably had the most fouls not called on him <laughs> <laughs> ever. He ain't going to say it. They I'm going to say it. Yeah, they don't call fouls on this man because of how physical he was yeah. and maybe how quick he was and maybe even because of his name, yeah. you know, because of the last name. And so when I tell you that if he wasn't scoring, it's probably because he wasn't getting fouled <laughs> if he was going yeah. to the rim. Yeah. But they did not. They called maybe 20% of the calls. I know. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I, I do remember that. It, <laughs> it was crazy. It was wild. So I'm going to say Kihei. Yeah. Um, Mike wasn't there yet. Mike Meadows was on that team too, but he wasn't there yet. But yeah. Kihei was still nice. And then uh, the last one. I'm trying to go back to the Gold Coast. Who else had some dudes then? Yeah, it might be Christian, actually. Yeah, yeah Christian Juzang. He was solid, for sure. Man, Christian could go high he school. Could. He was he was nice, man. Mm-hmm. Quick, explosive, get to the rim. Could shoot. Yeah, yeah, he could play. So, yeah. no, nah, man, you play against some good players. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's even crazier in college. And Yeah. And, yeah. He played against the Oregon teams, Kentucky. Three straight years of Kentucky, that alone is crazy. Um, UW teams I played against, Markel, I think DeJounte too. Mm-hmm. They had some solid teams. Yeah. I think I played, yeah, JB, uh, Jalen Brown at Cal. Nice. Yeah, there's, there's some teams I played against <laughs> yeah. in college. Absolutely. UNC team that had uh, Joel Berry and who was their big that was cooking us? <laughs> I can't think of his uh, name. Joe Barry C. Norcan. What year is this? This is 16? Yeah, 2016. I think 2016. we played him in Brooklyn uh, at the new arena in Brooklyn. Well, it was new. Man. I'm trying to think of who they was had, Joe uh, Page, the guard Page. Marcus that, Page. Yeah. Oh, they had somebody good. They had a, Their big was cooking us. <laughs> I'm have to Google it. Can you Google that? We'll get back that. to that. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to know who it is. That's dope. Um, all right, where were you when? Um, a moment in basketball history mm-hmm. that impacted you and that yeah. you can remember. Um, did we ever pick? We didn't pick one, huh? Yeah, we're going to go with COVID. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, the COVID. So a moment, a moment in basketball history that impacted you um, mm-hmm. the, when it was announced that the NBA was shut down because of COVID. Man, that was crazy. Like, you just... I'm sitting there just looking at the TV. It was uh, when Utah, Utah was playing somebody. When Rudy Gobert was coughing on all the mics, that's when <laughs> yeah. obviously it started. And then Drew had a game up in, I believe, Sacramento. And like only two people came out on the court and they were like, nah, we're shutting it down. Um, yeah. It was just a crazy time. You just didn't think it was real. Yeah. And they shut down the whole league. Uh, we just packed up, me and my wife and kids packed up. Drove from Indiana to California, but it was a crazy time. Like, you just didn't know what was happening. You didn't know what was going on. There wasn't that much information about it, so you just try to protect your family and be safe. And then soon after, we came back to the bubble. We had, like, a few weeks, I think, to get back right, and then came back to the bubble in uh, Florida, Disney, where Disneyland is, Disney Mm -hmm. World. And that was crazy. It's like you... It's like you're, it is a literal bubble. It's not like exactly like a bubble, okay, but it's like you're all, every team is has their own hotel. There's probably like two or three hotels and you had to stay in your room. You had to pretty much eat all the food that's on your campus. So there's a restaurant we used to go to. That was like a two minute walk. It wasn't far at all. And then they had food for us every so often in our team dinners, but like just you just kind of had to eat like the same thing over and over again, wow. and just being in like 
in that space, it was, it wasn't like scary or anything, but it was just, it got to a point where it's like, man, I just want to go home and see my family. Our yeah. families couldn't come with us. They had to stay back at home. That was the time where people were like mm. pretty much saying, we're not about to play. We're just going to wait till next season and stuff like that. And like, you really think about that. And that was also the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that Yeah, was around that time. So it was, it was a crazy time for sure, but we did it and got through it. And right, right. hopefully it made us better for it. Yeah. Any crazy stories from the bubble? Funny stories? <laughs> um, no. I mean, just seeing the guys that were out there fishing. I think Ben was fishing and Luca <laughs> and all them, but no crazy stories. Um, there were some crazy games. TJ had like a few 50-piece. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. 50-piece games. Uh, those, were, those were pretty cool. And So do you think the basketball was higher level in the bubble? I don't know. I don't feel like it because I, I enjoy like the fans and like going into mm. opposing arenas and just the hostility of it. It's... <laughs> It was weird just sitting there and like there you just see all these faces around and then there's like just they turn up the crowd noise and it was just weird but they did do a good job of kind of making it normal like yeah. they could have turned the crowd noise up a little bit more but they did a good job of trying to make it keep it the same okay yeah now i know it's you're playing it's almost like you're practicing but in an arena Mm -hmm. which is crazy yeah. like just to not see anything and just all the all the seats were pretty much stacked i don't know i don't think they were five feet apart but keeping the distance the right distance that the, that they had uh, we had to go by and it was just weird like you just look over the sideline there's just your your basketball teammates and then nothing on the other side they put like sponsors and stuff like right they the board they had a little up. board or something yeah, behind it it was weird it was a weird time but <laughs> I'm glad we got through it. Yeah. No, I, sure. I think that was tough for everybody. So, yeah. um, and that, like you said, your fam, like you stuck with a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. Like my brother, yeah. Justin was on my team then too. So that helped. But okay. Yeah. Drew went to the bubble as well. But other than that, it was tough. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. I'm glad you got through it. Yeah. Um, all right. This is the part of the show where we flip the script. Okay. Two questions for me mm -hmm. about anything. Oh, let me think about it. Mm. Would you ever want to coach in college or in the NBA? Mm. I've had the high school question. College or the NBA? So more recently, I've thought about coaching in college, mm -hmm. at the low level of college, though. Yeah. Um, I, I do not want the lifestyle that comes with being a Division One college coach. You are out on the road recruiting, yeah. and I'm a family man. I got to yeah. see my kids. I got to see my wife. Um, for sure. I hate leaving for a weekend, mm -hmm. you know? Like, literally on my way here, my daughter is crying because I'm leaving the house. Mm -hmm. I'm like, be back in three hours. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> be yeah. back. And, like, that stuff just kills me because I'm a family man. So mm -hmm. I thought about the lower levels, you know, like a Division three, where you can't you can't do anything between March and August mm -hmm. with in college or Division three. you know? Yeah. Like, where... It's more, I know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. NBA, I don't want to, but I'm open to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I, do. I don't see myself doing it, but if there's something like, I, I'm going to get in coaching mm -hmm. in the next few years once my kids are old enough and I have that time. Yeah. And so if it leads to that, I'm open to it. I'm not, you know, coaching mm -hmm. at the highest level is awesome. Like, I'm all about getting better. For sure. Um, so... Yeah, I'm op I'm open to college at a lower level, way mm -hmm. lower level, yeah. and then um, open to the NBA if shoot if I get that good, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's all about opportunity. Honestly, uh, what would my next question be? Let's see. Um, what was your favorite moment? in high school well when i was in high school when you coached me what was your favorite moment when you coached me in high school oh uh, it's easy did you go to a uh, mission did you go to mission prep with us too? yeah i was at bishop was prep everywhere yeah Dang. i was i was at bishop prep um remember we ran in the parking lot because colin <laughs> wanted to act a fool yeah yeah shout out colin who yeah, i think he's, uh, he's coaching lsu now or, or where was he Are i he, think he was at lsu yeah he was at lsu this yeah. last year but um my favorite moment easily was the providence game yeah. Easily. It was, was the crazy. energy, yeah. the back and forth. 
uh, pulled out the win at the end. You fouled out in the second mm -hmm. overtime or first overtime or something yeah. like that. But you got 38, 46, one mm -hmm. or two. And the back and forth of the game, and the you were like you were just answering everything that Marcus had. You was coming with something, For sure. and, but he was still laying fools out and yeah. <laughs> getting his buckets. He was. That was that was just like that's. I'm like this is what high school basketball is about. Y'all mm -hmm. just playing y'all best. I don't even know if we call plays anymore. Yeah, like it was just like hey, out. go hoop. Yeah. I love those moments of just go hoop, mm -hmm. and when the kids that you're with in the gym every day yeah. show up. And show out, and then your best player goes down, mm -hmm. you know, fouls out, and they stepped up and won. Yeah. Like, man, that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, for sure, that was my best yeah. time. That was sure. that was amazing. Um, there was one more question. It's the same question that came earlier, and it came and left again. It's about basketball. It's about a moment. Dang it, man! The thing keeps flowing away. Maybe I'm not meant to ask you. Ah, that's all good. Got some time. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right. You got a 24 second shot clock. Look at that camera there. Mm -hmm. Tell the people whatever you want to tell them. Encourage, inspire. Whew. Um, let's see. What do I want to tell the people? Um, basketball related, life related, doesn't matter. Don't matter. Well, basketball and life related. Um, continue to push forward. Um, there's a lot of obviously obstacles that we go through in life and we're not always ready for them, but we obviously have to keep going. The world is going to continue and we got to keep pushing forward. Um, talk to somebody if you need help, if you're struggling, obviously reach out and we pretty much could talk to a mental health person or try to get a friend or just somebody you're close to, to really be able to express yourself and express how you feel. And it's okay to feel that way, but we still have to keep in mind that we're trying to reach a certain goal or get to a certain level or get to a certain place. So it's okay to feel that way, but we have to figure out ways to overcome that and get through it. So my way is obviously I have a wife that I, I talk to. I have a mental health person that I talk to and God I talk to as well. So my religion is one thing that, that really helps me and pushes me through certain situations and tough situations. So. I don't know how that is for you guys, but um, yeah, just try to find somebody and, and speak with somebody and just keep fighting. Oh. Yeah. I want to hop into some. Now it came back to me because you, you triggered it actually. All right. All right. So mental health in the NBA yeah. is, um, you know, is something that's of importance that we're talking about more and more. Mm -hmm. um, um, you speak with somebody for your mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, when did that start? Man, uh, mental health issues like... Just having mental health problems, I wouldn't say problems because I don't feel like they're, they are that big of a deal, but for me, they're not. So mm -hmm. like just throughout my career, uh, getting to college, not knowing what to expect, you're pretty much alone now. Yeah, my sister there, but I'm going through it pretty much alone and you kind of feel that a lot. Just the, just going from school, classes, basketball, flying here, flying there, having good games, bad games. Mm -hmm. the fans from UCLA and everywhere else able to watch you talk about you and you can't really do nothing about it you know and that that part was tough for me um, I'm a guy who obviously is built off of pretty much if you say I can't do something I'm gonna go show you that that I can and it gets heavy to where you obviously want to show everybody what you can do but you're kind of giving up your mental health for that you know mm -hmm. like if that makes sense, like I'm sitting here trying to focus on what he said about me and he said about me and I'm not focusing on like me being okay with who I am. Mm. And once I understood that, it, it helped me a lot more. But even when I got to the NBA, it was it was tough because again, you're on your own. I'm in a whole different state like in Indiana. Like I never thought I would be here. It's snowing and stuff and you're not playing the minute you want to play. You know you're good enough, but how do I prove myself to them? And like I feel like as well personally, I got in the in the mindset of I need to prove myself to them instead of just proving myself right, kind of like yeah. not really focusing on them but focusing on me and trying to get better each and every day. Um, you have to find a joy within your job and life to really keep pushing on, and that's something I really figured out in Indiana. Like basketball isn't everything; it's just a a sport we play. Like. 
honestly, it really means nothing. And if you really think about it, like what means something, obviously to me is my religion, my family, my kids, um, and just making sure they're okay and healthy. So I've been going through that for since college, high school, got to the NBA, and then my last year in Atlanta, I finally decided to, to talk to somebody. And he's just been there talking me through, coaching me up, and helping me understand me and myself getting better at how I uh, how I get over bad games or how I deal with bad games or how I'm with good games and how I'm around my family, like just different things, nitpicking at everything and understanding like how I can be better and how um, I can pretty much help myself get to that person that I want to be in life. So thanks for sharing with that, man. I think yeah. it's important to see that, you know, uh, especially as black men that, sure. you know, it's OK to see somebody and talk about what's going on in yeah, your yeah. head. And like you said, um, you know, we thank God um, that you're not suffering from something extreme, exactly. but it is something it is regardless. Something it's, it's your it is your mental health we're talking about. And mm -hmm. it's about it being healthy sure. and having that space to talk about it, whether there's a huge issue or a small issue. Mm -hmm. And we want to always want to encourage yeah. um, the community to go out there and, man, just, just talk to somebody. Exactly. You got to deal with it before it becomes a bigger problem, too. So yeah. you don't just keep going down that road. You got to you gotta at least at one point face the fact that, good or bad, you got to face it and figure out how you're going to deal with it and, and then go from there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to fast forward to the end since we did everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.